0: Chapter nineteen of Gentle Julia by Booth Tarkington This Librivox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Bologna Times The next afternoon, about four o'clock, Herbert stood gloomily at the main entrance of Atwater and Rooter's newspaper building, awaiting his partner. The other entrances were not only nailed fast but massively barricaded, and this one, consisting of the ancient carriage house doors opening upon a driveway through the yard, had recently been made effective for exclusion. A long and heavy plank leaned against the wall nearby, ready to be set in hook-shaped iron supports fastened to the inner sides of the doors, and when the doors were closed, with this great plank in place, a person inside the building might seem entitled to count upon the enjoyment of privacy, except in case of earthquake, tornado, or fire in fact the size of the plank and the substantial quality of the iron fastenings could be looked upon from a certain viewpoint as a real complement to the energy and persistence of florence atwater herbert had been in no complimentary frame of mind however when he devised the obstructions nor was he now in such a frame of mind He was pessimistic in regard to his future, and also embarrassed in anticipation of some explanations it would be necessary to make to his partner. He strongly hoped that Henry's regular after-school appearance at the newspaper building would precede Florence's, because these explanations required both deliberation and tact, and he was convinced that it would be almost impossible to make them at all if Florence got there first. He understood that he was unfortunately within her power, and he saw that it would be dangerous to place in operation for her exclusion from the building this new mechanism contrived with such hopeful care and at a cost of two dollars and twenty-five cents taken from the Orioles' treasury. What he wished Henry to believe was that for some good reason which Herbert had not yet been able to invent, it would be better to show Florence a little politeness. He had a desperate hope that he might find some diplomatic way to prevail on Henry to be as subservient to Florence as she had seemed to demand, and he was determined to touch any extremity of unveracity, rather than permit the details of his answer in truth to come to his partner's knowledge. Henry Ruder was not Wally Torben, but in possession of material such as this, he could easily make himself intolerable. Therefore, it was in a flurried state of mind that herbert waited and when his friend appeared over the fence his perturbation was not decreased he even failed to notice the unusual gravity of henry's manner hello henry i thought i wouldn't start in working till you got here i didn't want to have to come all the way downstairs again to open the door and hist our good old plank up again i see said henry glancing nervously at their good old plank well i guess florence'll never get in this good old door that is she won't if we don't let her or something this final clause would have astonished herbert if he had been less preoccupied with his troubles you bet she won't he said mechanically she couldn't ever get in here again if the family don't go interfering around and give me the dickens and everything because they think they say they do anyhow they say they think they think he paused disguising a little choke as a cough of scorn for the family's thinking what did you say your family think henry asked absently well they say we ought to let her have a share in our newspaper again he paused afraid to continue lest his hypocrisy appear so barefaced as to invite suspicion well maybe we ought he said finally his eyes guiltily upon his toe which slowly scuffed the ground i don't say we ought and i don't say we oughtn't he expected at the least of sharp protest from his partner who on the contrary surprised him well that's the way i look at it henry said i don't say we ought and i don't say we oughtn't and he likewise stared at the toe of a shoe that scuffed the ground herbert felt a little better this particular subdivision of his difficulties seemed to be working out with unexpected ease i don't say we will i don't say we won't henry added that's the way i look at it my father and mother are always talking to me how i got to be polite and everything and i guess maybe it's time i began to pay some attention to what they say you don't have your father and mother for always you know herbert herbert's mood at once chimed with this unprecedented filial melancholy no you don't henry that's what i often think about myself no sir a fellow doesn't have his father and mother to advise him our whole life and you ought to do a good deal what they say while they're still alive that's what i say henry agreed gloomily and then without any alteration of his tone, or of the dejected thoughtfulness of his attitude he changed the subject in a way that painfully startled his companion have you seen wally torbin today herbert what have you seen wally torbin today herbert swallowed why what makes what makes you ask me that henry he said oh nothing henry still kept his eyes upon his gloomily scuffing toe I just wondered, because I didn't happen to see him in school this afternoon when I happened to look in the door of the 8A when it was open. I didn't want to know on account of anything particular. I just happened to say that about him because I didn't have anything else to think about just then, so I just happened to think about him, the way you do when you haven't got anything much on your mind and might get to thinking about you can't tell what. That's all the way it was. i "'Just happened to kind of wonder if he was around anywhere, maybe?' "'Henry's tone was obviously, even elaborately, sincere, "'and Herbert was reassured. "'Well, I didn't see him,' he responded. "'Maybe he's sick.' "'No, he isn't,' his friend said. "'Florence said she saw him chasing his dog down the street about noon. "'At this, Herbert's uneasiness was uncomfortably renewed. "'Florence dead?' where'd you see florence mr Ruder swallowed a little while ago he said and again swallowed on the way home from school look look here herbert was flurried to the point of panic henry did florence did she go and tell you did she tell you i didn't hardly notice what she was talking about henry said doggedly she didn't have anything to say that i'd ever care two cents about she came up behind me and walked along with me a ways but i got too many things on my mind to hardly pay the least attention to anything she ever talks about she's a girl what i think about her the less people pay any attention to what she says the better off they are that's the way with me henry his partner assured him earnestly i never pay any notice to what she says The way I figure it out about her, Henry, everybody'd be a good deal better off if nobody ever paid the least notice to anything she says. I never even notice what she says myself. I don't either, said Henry. All I think about is what my mother and father say, because I'm not going to have their advice all the rest of my life, after they're dead. If they want me to be polite, why, I'll do it, and that's all there is about it it's the same way with me henry if she comes flapping around here blatting and blubbing how she's going to have something to do with our newspaper why the only reason i'd ever let her would be because my family say i ought to show more politeness to her than up to now i wouldn't do it on any other account henry neither would i that's just the same way i look at it herbert if i ever begin to treat her any better she's got my father and mother to thank not me that's the only reason i'd be willing to say we better leave the plank down and let her in if she comes around here like she's liable to do well said herbert i'm willing i just don't want to get in trouble with the family and they mounted the stairs to their editorial repertorial and printing rooms and began to work in a manner not only preoccupied but apprehensive at intervals they would give each other a furtive glance and then seem to reflect upon their father's and mother's wishes and the troublous state of the times florence did not keep them waiting long however she might have been easier to bear had her manner of arrival been less assured she romped up the stairs, came skipping across the old floor, swinging her hat by a ribbon, flung open the gate in the sacred railing, and, flouncing into the principal chair, immodestly placed her feet on the table in front of that chair. Additionally, such was her lively humor, she affected to light and smoke the stub of a lead pencil. "'Well, men,' "'She said heartily. "'I don't want to see any loafing around here, men. "'I expect I'll have a pretty good newspaper this week. "'Yes, sir, a pretty good newspaper. "'And I guess you men got to jump around a good deal "'to do everything I think of. "'Or else, maybe, I guess I'll have to turn you off. "'I don't want to have to do that, men.' "'The blackmailed partners made no reply, "'on account of an inability that was perfect for the moment.' they stared at her helplessly though not kindly for in their expressions the conflict between desire and policy was almost staringly vivid and such was their preoccupation each with the bitterness of his own case that neither wondered at the other's strange complaisance florence made it clear to them that henceforth she was the editor of the north end daily oriole she said she had decided not to change the name She informed them that they were to be her printers. She did not care to get all inky and nasty herself, she said. She would, however, do all the writing for her newspaper, and had with her a new poem. Also, she would furnish all the news, and it would be printed just as she wrote it, and printed nicely, too, or else she left the sentence unfinished. Thus did this cool hand take possession of an established industry and in much the same fashion did she continue to manage it there were unsuppressible protests there was covert anguish there was even a strike but it was a short one when the printers remained away from their late newspaper building on wednesday afternoon florence had an interview with herbert after dinner at his own door He explained coldly that Henry and he had grown tired of the printing press, and had decided to put in all their spare time building a theatre in Henry's attic. But Florence gave him to understand that the theatre could not be. She preferred the oriole. Henry and Herbert had both stopped speaking to Patty Fairchild, for each believed her treacherous to himself. But Florence now informed Herbert that far from depending on mere hearsay. She had in her own possession the confession of his knowledge that he had ocular beauty, that she had discovered the paper where Patty had lost it, and that it was now in a secure place, and in an envelope, upon the outside of which was already written, For Wally Torben, Kindness of Florence A. Herbert surrendered. So did Henry Reuter, a little later that evening, after a telephone conversation with the slave-driver therefore the two miserable printers were back in their places the next afternoon they told each other that the theatre they had planned wasn't so much after all and anyhow your father and mother didn't last all your life and it was better to do what they wanted and be polite while they were alive and on saturday the new Oriole, now in every jot and item the inspired organ of feminism made its undeniably sensational appearance a copy neatly folded, was placed in the hand of Noble Dill, as he set forth for his place of business, after lunching at home with his mother. Florence was the person who placed it there. She came hurriedly from somewhere in the neighborhood, out of what yard or alley, he did not notice, and slipped the little oblong sheet into his lax fingers. "'There,' she said breathlessly, "'there's a good deal about you in it this week, Mr. Dill, and I guess, I guess—' what florence i guess maybe you'll she looked up at him shyly then with no more to say turned and ran back in the direction whence she had come noble walked on not at once examining her little gift but carrying it absently and fingers still lax at the end of a dangling arm there was no life in him for anything julia was away away and yet the dazzling creature looked at him from sky from earth, from air, looked at him with the most poignant kindness, yet always shook her head. She had answered his first letter by a kind little note, his second by a kinder and littler one, and his third, fourth, fifth, and sixth by no note at all, but by the kindest message through one of her aunts, that she was thinking about him a great deal, and even this was three weeks ago. Since then, from Julia nothing at all. But yesterday something a little simulating had happened. On the street, downtown, he had come face to face, momentarily, with Julia's father, and for the first time in Noble's life Mr. Atwater nodded to him pleasantly. Noble went on his way, elated. Was there not something almost fatherly in this strange greeting?" An event so singular might be interpreted in the happiest way. What had Julia written her father to change him so toward Noble? And Noble was still dreamily interpreting as he walked down the street with the North End Daily Oriole idol in an idle hand. He found a use for that hand presently and, having sighed, lifted it to press it upon his brow, but did not complete the gesture. As his hand came within the scope of he observed that the fingers held a sheet of printed paper, and he remembered Florence. Instead of pressing his brow, he unfolded the journal she had thrust upon him. As he began to read, his eye was lusterless, his gait slack and dreary, but soon his whole demeanour changed. It cannot be said for the better. The North End Daily Oriole, Atwater & Co., owners and proprietors, subscribe now! Twenty-five cents per year subscriptions should be brought to the East Main entrance of Atwater & Co. Newspaper Building every afternoon four thirty to six. Twenty-five cents. Poems. My Soul by Florence Atwater. When my heart is dreary, then my soul is weary, as a bird with a broken wing, who will never again sing, like the sound of a vast amen that comes from a church of men. When my soul is dreary, it could never be cheery, But I think of my ideal, and everything seems real, Like the sound of the bright church bells peal. Poems by Florence Atwater will be in the paper, each and every Sat. Advertisements, 45 cents, each up. Joseph K. Atwater, Co., 127, South Iowa Street, Steam Pumps. The News of the City. Miss Florence Atwater, of this city, received a mark of 94 in history examination at the conclusion of the school term last June. Blue hair ribbons are in style again. Miss Patty Fairchild, of this city, has not been doing as well in declamation lately as formerly. Mr. Noble Dill, of this city, is seldom seen on the streets of the city without smoking a cigarette. Miss Julia Atwater, of this city, is out of the city. The Mr. Rayford family of this city have been presented with the present of a new cat by Geo, the man employed by Balf and Co. This cat is perfectly bountiful and still quite young. Miss Julia Atwater of this city is visiting friends in the South. The family have had many letters from her that are read by each and all of the family. "'Mr. Noble Dill of this city is in business with his father. "'There was quite a windstorm Thursday, "'doing damage to shade-trees in many parts of our beautiful city. "'From letters to the family, Miss Julia Atwater of this city "'is enjoying her visit in the south a great deal. "'Miss Patty Fairchild of the 7A of this city "'will probably not pass in arithmetic, "'unless great improvement takes place before examination.' Miss Julia Outwater of this city wrote a letter to the family, stating while visiting in the South she has made an engagement to be married to Mr. Crum of that city. The family do not know who this Mr. Crum is, but it is said he is a widower, though he has been divorced with a great many children. The new ditch of the Mr. Henry D. Vance backyard of this city is about through now, as little remained to be done and it is thought the neighborhood will son look better subscribe now twenty five cents per year advance forty five cents up at water and co newspaper building twenty five cents per years it may be assumed that the last of the news items was wasted upon noble dill and that he never knew of the neighborhood improvement believed to be imminent as a result of the final touches to the ditch of the Mr. Henry D. Vance backyard. End of chapter 19